Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Peter Gibbett Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hankst, and today is August 24th, 2020, which means I am on day 254 in a row of 365 Promised Episodes. It brings you unedited, unscripted, improv, news, movies, music, sports, food, entertainment, and all things except politics. Got a couple birthday shout-outs to do today, folks. First and foremost, Jessica Robison. Now, I know her name now is Jessica Myers. Fantastic family. Looks to be a really cool husband, especially because his name's Peter. But I must say, to me, you will always be Jessica Robison. I grew up with this gal, and I gotta tell you guys, I have nothing but the utmost respect for her, especially for not punching me in the face because I was so obnoxious every single day for years that she knew me. I'm telling you, you must be able to tolerate an insane amount of stuff to be able to deal with me that long and not want nothing to do with me. Happy birthday to you, Jessica. Hope it's a fantastic day. Super glad you reconnected with my wife over this last year or so. And you even introduced her into a format for making money while sitting at home on the internet. Fantastic. Where would we be without you? My kitchen would have probably 50% of the amount of stuff it has in it. And I use everything from Pampered Chef, I must say. So have a fantastic day. A great afternoon. Enjoy your family life. You deserve it. Happy birthday to you, Jessica. Got another B-Day shout out to my boy, Adam Vasquez. This guy is a seriously dedicated and hard worker. Part of the Fit Tacos family, he works his butt off to expand the business that he is now a major part of, started by his friend Manny, and he is one loyal worker, I must say. Not to mention, he has one of the coolest day jobs I've ever seen as a scuba diver. Yeah, awesome. This dude seriously has a heart of gold, and his taste in music is almost identical to mine, Every single song I've ever heard on his playlist is something you can find on mine too. And that is one reason why I got the utmost respect for this dude. Adam, happy birthday to you, sir. I hope you get to relax and enjoy yourself. You're always working so hard. You deserve a break. Have a drink on me. Smoke a doobie. Enjoy yourself, sir. You absolutely deserve it. Happy birthday. My final B-Day shout-out of the day is to Sarah Carver. Not only is she my closest friend's big sister, so I've known her, like, since I was five, but ever since I have known her, I've always thought of her as one of the coolest chicks I've ever known in my life. She is just so fun to hang out with and so cool. I got an insane amount of respect for. That's one gal I could be locked in a room with for 100 hours and we'd both come out with smiles on our faces, 
having bonded and had a great time, I'm certain. She is just a very likable individual, and I hope you have a beautiful birthday, Sarah. You absolutely deserve it. Tell your brother I said hello. Hope you guys get to connect on this great day. If anything, I'm sure you'll at least get a call from your absolutely coolest dad in the world, Rick Carver, who has the best dad jokes out of any person I've ever met. This guy is so cool, which is why his daughter is as cool as she is. Happy birthday, Sarah. Have a drink. Enjoy yourself. Relax. You absolutely deserve it. Have a truly beautiful day. I can hardly contain myself, folks, but I want to talk about this Mavericks-Clippers game so badly because of how insanely pissed off I was by the end of this. I must have been more mad than Doc Rivers. The Clippers played in such a way that at, at the beginning of the game, they were up by like 21 or 25 or something crazy, and they ended up down by 10 around... The beginning of the fourth quarter, I don't even know how that differential occurs, but they fully gave up. And then they tied the game somehow, going into the end of the fourth quarter, and went into o OT, and in overtime, it looked like they were just going to lock this game down. Up by one, game over, a second or two left on the clock, and Luka Doncic, the great white hope... This guy is a miracle on the court. Hits a game-winning three in overtime for the Mavericks win. And I cannot tell you how impressed with this guy I am. I'm not even mad. I'm mind-blown at his ability. He's small, but he's quick. He's like a Larry Bird and a John Stockton combination who can score even more points at will. This kid is incredible. Now that sucks for the Clippers who now have a tied series with the Mavericks at 2-2. Two and two. But it does extend the amount of basketball that I get to watch. And I'm okay with that. Because in the case of Boston, they swept the 76ers in a quick four-game spit. And now that series is over, you don't get to watch any Joel Embiid or any Kemba Walker doesn't really matter to me. I don't like either of those players, and I don't like either of those teams. But for me, being an L.A. Clippers fan and number one, a Portland Trailblazers fan, I get to see more basketball, and I'm satisfied with it. By the way, tonight at 6 p.m., the Blazers more than likely lose to the Lakers again. But that is okay, because I, I said this before. I am proud of Portland for making it. I am proud of Portland for winning game one. I will be absolutely proud of like a father watching his kid hit a home run in a Little League game if they actually win another game in the series before the inevitable loss to the Lakers, which is pretty much a guarantee, about 96%. Maybe 4% of me believes that the Blazers can actually win this series, and that's a long shot. But either way, Blazers-Lakers tonight at 6 p.m. on TNT. Let's talk about the San Diego Padres, folks. I cannot possibly do a podcast in the city of San Diego right now 
without bringing up the fact that they broke another record with now five Grand Slams in six games, and they won again yesterday, sweeping the Astros in a three-game series, and they have now reached a point where they are being recognized nationwide for their batting ability. This team can hit every player on the team, but especially Fernando Tatis Jr., who is absolutely a madman on the baseball field. This guy is so incredible. He is making his other teammates better. Manny Machado looking up to Fernando Tatis. Will Myers looking up to Fernando Tatis. Cronenworth, Eric Hosmer, Will Myers. I mean, these guys all look to their new young star for direction. And I'm telling you, he's a team leader as young as he is. The guy's 21. Fernando is 21 years old. He can barely have a drink. And he is absolutely the star of the Padres at this moment. I can't believe the tear they've been on. I'm super proud of these guys. They are currently sitting in second place in the Western Conference of the National League. Or in the Western Division. And it's because the LA Dodgers are at 22-8. and eight. I mean... That's that's a really good record. Way to go, L.A. You know you're making the playoffs. You know you're probably moving past, you know, the first round of the postseason. But we need the Padres to get that wild card slot and prove to the world that they are not just a flashy, rich, tourist city organization that only exists because enough rich people here want them here. It proves that... There are fans here, I promise you. There are people who love the Smash Diego Padres. Yes, that's their new nickname. I'm not sure I enjoy it, but that is where they're at right now. And I, I'm one of them. I'm jumping on that bandwagon. I have ever since I lived here, and it's been a struggle, and it's been embarrassing at times, like for most of the time. But right now, I'm proud to say I'm a Padres fan, and they are kicking ass. I can't wait for the next series. Where the Padres take on my favorite team in the MLB, who I will actually probably be rooting for over San Diego, even though at this point the record's so bad it won't even matter because they're not going to make the playoffs. The Seattle Mariners have been absolutely horrible this year. Just an abomination. But they play the Padres coming up tomorrow, and I'm super excited for the start of that series. Now, I've seen some creative ways to continue the social distancing part of restaurants, fast food, dine-in, carry-out, whatever. I've seen one chicken place where they had like a zip line that they would connect your food to and they would slide the food down to you so that the actual worker never came in contact with the customer. I've seen the growth of these chains that deliver food, Grubhub, Postmates, where now they do, you know, they just drop it off and knock on your door and leave because you've already paid. And, you know, I know Domino's and other places are doing this too. Contactless delivery where you don't even talk to the delivery driver or anybody. They just drop it off on your porch and leave. But now there's a viral video of an even new version of this social distancing food delivery method, and it is 
a man sending his dog to the Chick-fil-A worker to retrieve his Chick-fil-A and bring it to him in a parking lot. And it is absolutely hilarious. You have got to see this video. I think this is one of the best versions of social distancing to get your food from a restaurant I've ever seen. This dog needs to be a celebrity after this. Not to mention it's like the cutest dog. It's like a lab or a golden retriever, a combination of the two. Either way, this dog is awesome. The owner is great at teaching his dog. And he's not always the best at choosing food because, as we know, Chick-fil-A is terrible for you. Although it is delicious. Fast food is never a good option. But if you must choose a fast food out of the long list of options available in most places, I must admit Chick-fil-A is up there on my list of places I will actually eat at because it is quality compared to most other fast food chains. And this viral video just goes to show that dogs are super smart. If it was a dog that I owned, most likely it would have immediately stuck its head into that bag and started eating a chicken sandwich. But this one, just as loyal as he is, snagged the bag with his mouth and trotted back all the way to his owner at the other end of the parking lot. And the worker just loved this method, although it may or may not have wasted a couple extra minutes in the worker's time. And as you have seen in the drive through at a Chick-fil-A, they do not have time because it is busy there. They stand outside with tablets, take your order, and if you have a card, they charge you right then and there so you can just pull up, grab your stuff, and bounce. But I always pay with cash, so they hate me. Either way, this viral video is awesome. This dog is amazing. I say we make this the new method of fast food delivery if they're going to make us socially distance and wear masks, which I still think is stupid. Now, I've tried golfing before, and I'm not great. I'm, I'm actually what you would call terrible at golf. I'm, I'm not a good golfer. I don't have a natural talent. I would have to practice long and hard to get as good as a four-year-old kid in West Virginia who hit a hole-in-one on a par-3 course. Now, as you know, par-3 simply means that within three hits of the ball, you should be able to get the ball in the hole. Like, that's, that's as much as I know about golf. But this kid, on a viral video, is shown hitting this ball on a par-3 course on a hill, on a hill hitting downward, and hits... A hole-in-one to the absolute disbelief of what I assume to be his father. If you're a golf fan of any kind, you have to see this because I truly believe this is not just a miracle of coincidence. This kid has real skill. He at first walks up, realizes his sunglasses will not help him in this swing, so he takes them off, hands them to his dad, and then he takes one smooth, beautiful swing and hits a hole-in-one on a downgrade in a par-three scenario. I can't even believe this. A four-year-old kid is absolutely 10 times better than me at golf, hands down. This kid would embarrass me on a course. I'm never going golfing with this four-year-old boy. Absolutely not. 
Plus, that would be kind of weird if I was hanging out with a four-year-old boy and it wasn't my kid. But I'm telling you, this is insane. This kid will be the new Tiger Woods. White Tiger Woods. He'll be like, you know, the, the tiger that ate one of those guys. It's like Siegfried and Roy, only he's like the best kid golfer I've ever witnessed in my entire life. Check out the viral video. You have to see it for yourself. Four-year-old kid hits a hole-in-one on a par three in West Virginia. Folks, it's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast we absolutely don't give a shit about, and I still do it on every episode, whether you like it or not, so here it is. And it's Real Stories, brought to you by me, Peter Timothy Hankst, and Barbecusion. That's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. If you've never had any of their products, they're fantastic. Today, folks, I am going to tell you the story about when I found an absolute hidden oasis in the middle of the desert outside of San Diego just by chance because I knew some Serbians. Yeah. This sounds like a strange story, doesn't it? That's because it is weird. Now, I met a Serbian woman by the name of Teodora at Fox Sports San Diego Grill. Absolutely beautiful gal. Just amazing person. Just seriously one of the most down-to-earth and kind individuals I've ever met in my life. And I was drawn to her as a friend for that reason. And then met her husband, who is the coolest dude I know. Seriously, this guy, I, I will never be as cool as him. I don't know how he does it. He makes me feel not cool, and I know that I'm cool. But this guy, Milan, and his wife, Teodora, they one day said, we went to this waterfall in the middle of the desert that drops into this crystal clear lake of just heaven, and we want you to go out there with us. And I'm like, yeah, I'm in. 100% I'm in. So we, we made the arrangements. And what's crazy about this is the amount of travel required to get to this area actually is so crazy and deep into the desert with such extreme heat that you have to sign a waiver that you print off at your house and you have to hand it in to this like park ranger at the front who then checks to ensure you have a sufficient amount of water on you before he allows you to venture into the desert, because otherwise you can't go because you might die. Now I'm thinking, I can do anything, come on. I mean, I've run half marathons every year for like six years, maybe even seven. I'm not afraid of this thing. I'm going to do it. No problem. Let's roll. So I brought my wife along as well, and a couple of friends of mine, George and his girlfriend, Kristen. So it's me, George, Kristen... Ashley, Milan, and Teodora. We all head out. There's actually two fat Irish guys with us, too. Now, this doesn't even make sense. I know the story sounds like the beginning of a joke, because it kind of is, but it's real. Two fat Irishmen, two Serbians, a Mexican guy, his girlfriend from the Midwest, and me and my wife. Hilarious. Awesome. So we're all headed out into this absolutely scorching, deadly temperatures of a desert, only with the belief that the Serbians know where we're going to get to this oasis and just putting all our eggs in one basket 
in hopes that they know where the hell they're going and what they're doing because otherwise we're dead. I mean, this place, I had been there before just by accident. I had looked it up and I attempted to venture probably a quarter mile in with my dog one time and I got such heat stroke from that, I had to turn back around right away. But to get to this portion of the, to get to this river that feeds into this lake type thing with this oasis and waterfall and everything and the cliff jumping, it was going to take like a six and a half mile walk through hills and mountains in a desert with like 100 degree weather. So it's seriously a grueling and daunting task. We get about a halfway towards our destination and I'm seriously doubting my ability to do this. I'm thinking, I might die out here. I seriously might die. I'm looking at my phone, no reception, no chance of calling in like life flight to come save me in a helicopter. There's nothing. I am stuck out there with a mixed match group of peeps and there's only one thing I can do and that's smoke a whole bunch of weed on my way down this mountain. Which might, you know, when I think about it now, might not have been the best idea. But, hey, it sounded fun to me at the time. They were all drinking beer. I'm going to smoke weed. So we start getting further and further into what I believe to be actual hell on earth. It's so hot. There's nothing around us. I, I, at this point, I don't even believe there's a river eventually in this area. And we get to the opening, finally, where we, where we finally make it to this river that feeds into this waterfall and everything, and it's unimaginably beautiful. I mean, it just looks like I stepped into the Garden of Eden. There's a whole bunch of other people there who had made the journey. We didn't see them on the path because they went earlier in the day. We were stupid and went midday when it was the hottest, and they were there just like lying on these rocks with crystal clear water sprinkling upon them coming down from this massive waterfall that you can almost climb halfway up and then slide down like a slide into this perfectly crystal clear lake type river thing that's I just can't even describe it it's absolutely amazing and I could not believe my eyes and I dip my foot in the water is actually cold I don't even know how that's possible it's still 100 degrees around us. We're still in the middle of the desert, and there's cold water coming off of this waterfall. I just jumped right in. So we ended up cliff jumping a little bit. There's rocks surrounding us. You know, we can jump into the water. And I can't forget, Stefan, brother to Teodora, was also with us. And I don't know what his deal was. He kind of like sat back by himself reflecting on his life or something. Uh, maybe he was hallucinating because he was so dehydrated from the walk. He didn't bring a lot of water. But I was in heaven at this point. I never wanted to leave this area, not even a little bit. But we got to a point where we couldn't go any more of the day. Because, I mean, let's face facts. I got kids. I This was like a couple years ago. So I had two kids and my mom was watching them. And... <laughs> We didn't know this at the time, but there was a chance. Actually, yes. No, I had one kid, and Ash was pregnant with my other one. So this must have been about three years ago. She did not know she was pregnant. We found out about a month later, but she went through what surely should have been a child-murdering experience if it was inside your belly, and now we have a beautiful son. 
But either way, we ended up, we drank, we smoked, we straight west coast, and we just had a blast at this place. But then came the daunting task of going back up this mountain, because most of it's downhill when you go towards this area. And we had to go back up this mountain after a day of just grueling, deadly heat and dehydration and smoking and just, we were a mess. So we start venturing back up this mountain and by about halfway, I look at my friend George's girlfriend. Her face is like red with hot flashes and we're taking breaks so that we can all sit and like breathe. We're all like seriously hyperventilating, losing oxygen, dying at this point. And each like 10 minute walk we take, we have to sit for another two or three minutes drinking water and contemplating our life choices. And it was absolutely just devastating to our bodies going through this, this death treatment. And we made it out to the front. Like when I, when I got out of the entrance and I had made it through this whole day of craziness, I like kissed the ground. I kissed my vehicle. I went into my car and cranked up the AC and I just wanted to live in that. It was so crazy. I don't think I could do this again, being in not as great a shape as I was back then, and that's only a few years ago. I don't think I could do it again. I've had some kind of little heart problem things happening to me in the last year, and it makes me worried that I would certainly die out there. And I'm glad I did it once, and I'm certainly glad I met the Serbians. They're like two of my best friends in the absolute world at this point. I love them to death. George, he's always been one of my best friends. He was a, a groomsman at my wedding. Kristen, I've come to come I've come to be close with her because I swear she's gonna marry George one day. The really, you know, the two fat Irishmen, I don't even remember their names. They were fun, I guess, but the hell with them. And Stefan Vucevic, Rommel, miss that guy. He's always going back and forth to Serbia. I barely get to see him. There's somebody else with us, but who cares? An amazing time. I'm super glad you listened to the story about the time I went to the Cedar Creek Falls in San Diego. Look it up. It'll blow your mind. It's just the most tranquil and peaceful and amazing place until we got there and partied it up and Cliff jumped and did all this crazy stuff. Cedar Creek Falls, amazing. I, I wish I could do it again. Unless a helicopter drops me in there, I'm never going to be able to. I appreciate you listening to the Peter Gabbett Podcast today, folks. It means the world to me to have listeners like you. I hope you have a fantastic afternoon, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Now, there hasn't been many times in my life where I've actually put my life on the line to have an enjoyable time. But that walk through the desert to Cedar Creek Falls was definitely one of them. I seriously thought I was going to die. To signify that in song form... Here is a song called Life on the Line by one of my favorite bands of all time, reggae punk, Revolution.
Streets in the night